Daily Reflections is a new and exciting opportunity to deepen our faith in Jesus and to allow the gospel message of the day to penetrate the very core of our being. My friends, I invite you to allow the Lord of life to guide you, to give you the courage to live as dynamic disciples. Let's offer this day to the way, the truth, and the life. Today we celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we begin with Psalm 24. Let the Lord enter, he is king of glory. Together, let the Lord enter, he is king of glory. The Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? One whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean, who desires not what is vain. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord, a reward from God his Savior. Such is the race that seeks for him, that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Let the Lord enter. He is king of glory. Together, let the Lord enter. He is king of glory. Our gospel for today is taken from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together. She was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. On the first Sunday of Advent, we heard about how God created a most beautiful, magnificent, perfect world. He designed everything with great intelligence, purpose. Every man and woman created in love, in the image and likeness of God, to be like God, to share in God's life. And then on the second Sunday of Advent, we learned that in spite of all that God has given us, all that God gave us, we, we chose to believe the lie of the devil. The lie that Adam and Eve believed was that God was withholding something from them, and that there was an even better way to live apart from God. Evil, sin, and death entered into the world because we allowed it to happen, and humanity was captured and imprisoned by the devil. St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 5, 
tells us, therefore, just as through one person sin entered the world, and through sin death, and thus death came to all, inasmuch as all sinned. And then on the third Sunday, Gaudete Sunday, we heard the amazing story about how God the Father, out of his great love for us, sent Jesus, his only son, to rescue us from the devil, to restore us to a loving relationship with God. Jesus rescued us from our slavery to sin, rescued us using his own life as a ransom. And now, my friends, on this final Sunday of Advent, in light of all that God has done for us, what should our response be? You know, we have a role to play in all of this. All of us, whether we realize it or not, are, are being pulled powerfully by the current of sin towards our certain death. And our only hope of survival is Jesus. And with arms outstretched, Jesus is calling us, calling you, prepared to save you. All we need to do is extend our arm and grab onto him. We need to reach out to Jesus and repeat the words of St. Peter when he was perishing in the Sea of Galilee. Lord, save me. We who have been rescued by Christ must never forget our rescue, and we must live life differently. There are three areas that I really want to highlight today, what we ought to do in, in our response to being rescued. What is our role? And the first, I think, is, is to completely and totally give our lives to God. Remember what Jesus said to the rich young man that wanted to follow Jesus? Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. We're all like this rich young man. We, we think we can find happiness in the treasures of this world, but Jesus offers us a treasure that will satisfy and never fade. Today, my friends, is our opportunity to respond to Jesus. St. Paul tells us in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, listen to this. So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The power of Christ's death and resurrection is life-changing. Night dispels wickedness, washes faults away, restores innocence to the fallen, and joy to mourners, drives out hatred, fosters concord, brings down the mighty. All of this is available to us, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, where we have the opportunity to turn away from sin and receive grace to, to become a new creation. This is the good news of the gospel. St. Paul tells us in Romans, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Each and every day, we ought to offer our lives to God, giving our lives completely to God. That's 
the very core of faith. We are entrusting our lives over to the one who has shown himself to be trustworthy, who has been faithful to all who have trusted in him throughout history, and the one who rescued us from certain death. Faith is believing that when we offer our lives to God, God will give us an, an even greater life in return. This is what Jesus meant when he told us that when we lose our life for him, that's when we find it. So that's the first thing. Give your life to God. Secondly, live a life of thanksgiving, praise, and worship. What I mean is that we are always grateful for what God has done for us, never forgetting this act of rescue. Our life should be marked by, by thanksgiving and joy, focusing on this saving act of God rather than on our problems or all the material things that we don't have. Praise is the verbal expression of our gratitude. To God, we give glory, we give honor, and we should speak about how great God is, both in our prayer, especially with others. You know, I think of Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord, invoke his name, make known among the peoples his deeds, sing praise to him, play music, proclaim all his wondrous deeds. Glory is his holy name. Let hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. We should be so grateful and excited about all that God has done for us that we naturally tell other people. What is it that on Monday morning when we go to work, we freely speak about how um, great our football team is. We spend a lot of time on that, you know, and yet we're silent about what God has done in our lives. Now, worship is a little different from praise. It's an expression of deep, intimate love for Jesus, placing our love for Jesus above all other things. I worship the Lord, not money, not popularity, not power, or any other modern idol of our current age. It's placing a high priority on speaking to God in prayer, not just asking for things in prayer, rather telling Jesus how much we love him. And I adore you, Lord. I worship you above everything else. So that's the second thing we do. That's our response, to give thanks, to praise, and to worship. But finally, the key on evangelization. The kerygma, my friends, is to be shared. Our response is to participate in this reality. We are given the task of making disciples, helping men and women to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so that believing they might have life in his name. We must build up the body of Christ. So what's the problem? What's holding us back? You know, for so long, everything in the Catholic Church was done by the so-called professionals, priests, bishops, sisters, brothers, who were the ones who ran the parishes, the dioceses, the schools, the colleges. They were the ones who were trained to do all of the so-called church work. Lay people, well, they were there to pray, pay, and obey. People in the pew don't take ownership. 
They don't feel it's their job to evangelize. And I also think, besides that, there's a sense of consumerism. I'm here to get what I need as if we are a spiritual Walmart. I only receive and not do anything to to profess my faith, to, to live my life and bringing others to Christ. You know, in, in our community of Tigard, there are 55,000 people around that number. And in our Catholic parish here in Tigard, um, you know, we have 10,953 members. That is 3,646 families. We have three very strong, diverse communities. English, about 2,408 families. Hispanic, 1,037 families. And, and 201 Vietnamese families. And listen to this. The average number of parishioners attending Mass um, is, is only around 2,066. To serve all of these wonderful people, we have two priests, four team members. You can see how crucial everyone else needs to be involved. You can see how crucial evangelization is. Now, I'm not looking for suggestions of what I need to do. I need all of us to step up, to take part in this uh, process to go out to proclaim the gospel. You know, in the in in our catechism in number eighteen sixteen, we also read this. Listen, the disciple of Christ must not only keep the faith and live on it, but also profess it, confidently bear witness to it, and spread it. All, however, must be prepared to confess Christ before men and to follow him along the way of the cross amidst the persecutions which the church never lacks. Listen to this. Service of and witness to the faith are necessary for salvation. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will denied before my Father who is in heaven. So my friends, I ask you today, do you really believe the good news of the forgiveness of your sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is your belief simply an intellectual belief or has it caused you to repent and make changes in your life? Has your belief compelled you to share your faith with others? Or do you keep it to yourself because you are embarrassed to speak to others about your Catholic faith? I'm encouraging all of us this day to pray the surrender prayer. To play, pray that prayer. You know, I, I love that prayer by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Listen. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all I have, and call my own. 
you have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. My friends, I I look forward to seeing you on Christmas as we celebrate our Lord and Savior and as we give of ourselves to the Lord in our words, in our actions, in our deeds. Have a great day. Be sure of my prayers.